On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are going to talk about the Commonwealth Games. Should we be bringing them here? Can we drum up the interest to bring them here? We're going to be talking about COVID and the balance between looking after people's health if you're a government and the economy and keeping businesses open. It's a tough balancing act. How do you do it? And we're going to talk about Thanksgiving because, well, it's the Thanksgiving Friday edition of the podcast. So why would we not talk about that? Of course we will. Maybe you can join in the conversation as well. Stick around. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. John Lennon, get this, this is stunning, would have turned 80 years old today. I mean, he died at 40. So, we're, I mean, he only lived half of the time we've had here, but would have turned 80 years old today. John Lennon, we'll be playing John Lennon music and his... His contribution to the world of music all through the show today. Uh, let me bring in Mike Fortune from Cable 14, a guy you're going to be seeing an awful lot more of and hearing more of, I understand, in days to come because, uh, hey, the COVID thing is um, is back with us. And uh, when that happens, Mike Fortune gets front and center as he starts talking about this on Cable 14 and town halls and all the rest. Mike, how are you tonight? Hey, Scotty, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on again. And, uh, yeah, hard to believe. He would have been 80, 80 years old for John Lennon. Some great music there. And, yeah, of course, Cable 14, uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, virtual town halls will be coming back to our station starting October the 15th with the mayor, Dr. Richardson, of course, EOC uh, head, uh, Paul Johnson. Lots of stuff to go on. By, by the way, about John Lennon. Rolling yeah. Stone, a couple of years ago, came up with a list of the 100 greatest songwriters of all time. I'm going to let you guess. John Lennon is in the top five. I'm not going to tell you where he is in the top five, but they listed him as one of the five greatest songwriters of all time. Who else do you think is in the top five, and where do you think John Lennon is in the top five? No, I'm not a musical connoisseur. I'm going to, I don't know, let's let's throw uh, Prince in there, maybe. Um uh, you, you got me. I honestly. All right. Well, even, he's you know, in like there I with throwing my Elvis and Beach Boys and all that, but I don't think that's it. Well, the Beach Boys were they're on the list somewhere in here. Elvis didn't write a lot of music. He sang no, a lot of didn't. music, but yeah, um, yeah. Smokey Robinson was number five. Okay. Uh, Smokey Robinson, who not only obviously has his own solo career and with Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, but he wrote a ton of songs for other uh, Motown artists as well. I mean a. Pro- prodigious writer um number four chuck berry that's who they had at number four uh, who you know as i mean really an innovator i mean he was one of the guys that really was one of the who really got rock and roll started Uh, they have john lennon at number three right behind paul mccartney if if paul if john lennon was still alive there Mm -hmm. might have been a fist fight over that uh, (laughs) over that one But number one, and I got to tell you, I think Rolling Stone, whoever came up with this list, up until then, I'm okay with it. But they have Bob Dylan as the number one songwriter of all time. Is it just me? I mean, Bob Dylan is a great poet. But Bob Dylan, the greatest songwriter of all time? I find that one a little, little hard to believe. But again, you know, maybe these are people that just know music a little bit more than we do. But uh, yeah, why don't you put Leonard Cohen right near the top then too? You know, he was a poet as well, and he had some pretty yeah. good stuff out there. Well, um, I, it, to me, it just seems like they're trying. The people who come up with lists like this, where they put Bob Dylan or Leonard Cohen at the top of the list, are trying to show us how much more intelligent and deep they are than us simpletons who just look at this and go, "Wait a sec, come on, no, not really." You know what I often wonder about these true icons like a, a John Lennon who who passed away far too young what their take on music would be. What more would they have been able to expose us to that we probably haven't heard and obviously never will because they were just so talented and so amazing. And, of course, his his thoughts on life and, and, and everything that's going on in the world right now, boy, it, it would, it's, it's a real real shame that we don't get to know more and, and, and how he would have turned out. You know what I mean? It, you have to think that he was so ahead of his time with music that he would have found a way to keep up and continue to be relevant. And, uh, you know, I've thought about this a lot because I love the Beatles. I love Paul McCartney. I mean, when he came to town a few years ago, went and saw him. And uh, Paul McCartney, let's look, there's no getting around the fact that Paul McCartney's creative, fertile period was back 
around the time of the Beatles and then for a few years after that with Wings. I mean, he's not producing the kind of music. We all, every person, I think, has who's creative has a period where they are at their best. So I don't know what John Lennon would, I don't know if he would have still been writing music, but I, I, I have to believe he'd still be out there playing music somewhere. I mean, we I would have been... And we might have seen a Beatles reunion for all we know if he'd been around. Who knows if that uh, might have happened. Wouldn't that have been something? They'll be right up there with the Rolling Stones going around uh, <laughs> World Tour final, uh, what, 101 or something like that. <laughs> Could you imagine, Mike, if considering, now obviously not with COVID right now, but with some of the old reunion concerts and the cost for ticket prices right now, could you imagine the money the Beatles would have made if they were all still alive and they decided to get back together and go on tour again? Truly astronomical. Uh, the merchandise, uh, you, oh. you name it, it would be spectacular. Yeah. It, it would, would be, be, it would be unbelievable. And and the amount of tickets that you could sell would be just uh, unbelievable. Uh, by the way, your answer. Um, so uh, Prince came in at number 18. You mentioned oh, Prince. Okay. He was Rolling Stone had him as the yeah he had him as the 18th. They had him as the 18th. Uh, Leonard Cohen that you mentioned was number 16 on the list. And then there's uh, Springsteen was 14. Some other names: Hank Williams 13, Brian Wilson. You mentioned Beach Boys number 12. Hey, uh, Bob Marley. Three, throwing that at me without doing any research or knowing nothing. There you go. I'll be very happy with three top twenties. There you go. And then Bob Marley was eleven, and then to finish it out, Stevie Wonder ten. Yeah. Uh, number nine was Joni Mitchell. A lot of Canadians in this because Neil Young was number seventeen, I think, or something like that. Uh, Joni Mitchell number nine. Uh, Paul Simon eight. Um, Carol King and uh, Carol King came in at seven. And then Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, six. And then we got to our top five before. So there you go. Number three, I, I John Lennon's birthday today. Love that there's 80th, so many Canadians in there. A lot of Canadians in there. 80th birthday for John Lennon today. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike, a lot of, lot of talk today when uh, Premier Doug Ford came out with his daily press conference and has now begun to shut down certain parts of Ontario, Ottawa, Toronto, Peel region, where the, they have the most cases. And his comment, one of his comments, because he got, he has been getting some criticism about why didn't you do this stuff sooner is look, if I shut down all the businesses, they suffer horribly. And we could have lots of people who lose their business, lose their job, lose their livelihood. How do you find, I mean, put yourself in his shoes for a second and, and I'm not asking you to defend him or, or whatever. I'm just saying, how do you balance the interests between the health concerns, which are legitimate and the economic and livelihood concerns, which I believe are also legitimate? Well, you know, I find it interesting. You, you follow social media and you have so many people just jumping down his throat and, and other, other colors of other parties doing the same thing. Look, we are in in unprecedented times, and I have no doubt this is probably the biggest thing he and other politicians will ever have to deal with. And when he says he's listening to his experts, and in fairness, we don't know who they are. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we know all all of his. We know some, but not all. Yeah, we know some. You know, I I truly do believe, unlike what we we're seeing south of the border, he has our best interests at heart. I I, I truly, honestly, do believe that. And he has to make some very difficult decisions. And as you know, Scott, in politics, you are not going to please everybody with every single decision you make. I've seen people saying, well, he's based on today's decision, he's lost the election. But wait a second here. I think you do have to, instead of always pushing the, the panic button, you do sometimes have to take a step back. Let's see how things kind of go. And here was a number, and maybe they had that number. Maybe it was nine, after 950, we're going we're gonna to put a, a stop on things in certain regions. Who knows what's truly going on behind the scenes? But I have to say, they have been communicating. They've been letting us know what has been going on. And I would not want to be in his shoes. So for everyone that's out there saying he's doing it wrong and this is going to lose his next uh, term if he decides to run again, so on and so forth, man, oh, man. Put yourself in this man's and this party's and any politician's shoes that has to make these decisions. It is not easy, and I kind of commend the guy and the team that he has around him. Look, I, I'm I'm okay with anybody being critical of politicians. I am. I think that's fair game. If you get into politics, I think that's fair game. But I have been 
toying with this idea myself is that if I'm sure that there are many people who, and I know there are many people being very critical right now and, and saying that he has waited too long. And, and, and okay, that's, I, I think you can make that criticism, but I think if you own a restaurant or own a store, I think you're probably in deep in your heart in some cases saying, well, wait a second, why are we paying the price for people being stupid? Well, you know, the, I- don't, don't close oh, us wait. down. Don't close us yeah. down. You're hurting us then. I mean, it's it's an impossible decision. It's an impossible choice that you're either hurting people long-term economically with their livelihood or you're allowing a virus to take hold, which hurts people physically. I, I don't know the answer. Listen, I, I haven't seen all the numbers and heard all the news conferences today. I've, I've only heard bits and pieces. It's been a busy one for me. With that said, though, listen, from what I'm hearing and understanding, you are getting this these diseases – through, through gyms, through restaurants, through social gatherings. Listen, I'm all for opening up restaurants. We've been to a number of restaurants, my family and I. We will not go into a restaurant, but we will sit on a patio. We are doing everything we can to support local business. But if, if restaurants and gyms, and I have friends that own gyms, is where this is contracting and spreading the virus more, then come on. As a restaurant owner, I get it's difficult, but this is where the federal government then will come in and create more stimulus and hopefully throw out a little bit more money to help get you through these things. From what I'm seeing here, the stats are showing, and please correct me if I'm wrong out there, listeners, it's through restaurants and, 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 and through the gyms and where people are gathering lots. You know, I, I don't, you don't, you don't hear a lot of this stuff happening at grocery stores you hear the odd one-off that there's been one or two cases at a local uh, grocery store but you're when they do their contract tracing they're coming back to restaurants and gyms and it makes sense you're listening to the scott radley show podcast on 900 chml mike fortune from cable 14 joins me brightest conversation in hamilton radio Talking about the government response to COVID with should they have shut things down? Should they not have shut things down? Yes, it would help against the virus perhaps in the spread, but then you hurt people's business and their livelihood and the investments they've made in their businesses. And Mike here, ultimately, as I was thinking about this over the last day or two, what I realized is that I don't put the blame on any government per se for what's happening because I think we put too much emphasis or too much expectation that the government is going to solve all of our problems for us when we could do an awful lot to protect ourselves if we just use our brain. Oh, I love that you said that. And I agree with you a thousand percent because there are a lot of people out there that are not taking this seriously, um, don't respect and care for others, whether it be in the workplace or, or, or family or friends, whatever the case might be. And the government is only doing so much that they can do at this point. So, yes, to your point, you can't blame this on the government. You have to blame this on the, the folks that are out there that aren't taking this seriously. And, and, and we know who they are, and they know who they are, and they might think that this is just a big joke and a scam and so on and so forth, but the numbers prove otherwise. So I love that you said that, Scott. I'm but, but we do. It's And it's not just with this, with so many other things. We have so many people now that seem to think that any problem – is the fault of the government and any solution must come from the government. And I, I, I reject that. I think there is, I'm not an anti-government. I'm not an anarchist. I don't believe that we should have no government, but I think that too much, too often we're looking and saying, solve all of our problems for us rather than saying, you know what, if I'm really concerned about COVID and I'm in a vulnerable state, I should, you know what? Absolutely. I should not go out. I should ask someone to do my groceries for me or should whatever. And, and, and if I am concerned about, you know, if I feel like I might be sick, you know what? Don't be an idiot. Stay in the house. Don't go out, quarantine yourself. Like there's so much of this that if we simply applied our own common sense and common courtesy, quite frankly, to it, we wouldn't be dealing with a lot of this stuff. It wouldn't take it all out of the realm. I'm not suggesting that. And I agree with you. Unfortunately, there is a large majority of our population that don't have common sense and don't have common courtesy. And they have to be held by their hand and told what to do every single which way. And if they don't like what they hear, then, you know what, I'm just going to do and go and do what I want anyway. To your point, this, this, hey, and we've, we've talked about this down at the station, you know, in between uh, 
takes and all this stuff. Uh, you know, if you just if you just shut everything down, and I know it's impossible, you can't do it. You shut everything down, the whole world for 28 days. Th- this could potentially be gone. Unrealistic, can't do it. I get it. So the government is governments across the world are doing the best that they can, and I think there are some other models out there that perhaps we should be watching that are successful. I think Japan has done an excellent job. You know, they, they are a leader in this. Why don't we follow them a little bit more potentially? But again, different economics, different situations, so on and so forth. But to your point earlier, people lack uh, respect and common courtesy uh, for, for other humans out there. And I think that's, a you know, leave the logic and the common sense out of this for a second, because, you know, I mean, I think that goes without saying, but... To me, a big, big part of this is the courtesy thing, which we seem to have a tough time with. And, and I wrote a piece a week or two ago in the paper about the loophole that's in the Hamilton bylaw, and not just the Hamilton bylaw, a bunch of them, yep. that says that if you say you have a medical exemption under the bylaw, you have a medical exemption. There's nothing required of you to prove it. And there are people, we know there are people taking advantage of this. We know there are people taking advantage. After I wrote it, I heard from so many people saying, oh yeah, I went to the store and there were all kinds of people not wearing it. Or or, I work in a store and whatever, just out of common courtesy, I know it's your right to not wear a mask if you really don't want to and you want to say that. But just out of common courtesy, knowing there are people so worried about this, even if you are not, why would you not just as a good citizen say, I'm going to wear a mask when I'm out of the house just because so many people, even if I don't believe it, so many other people do. To me, it, that's not asking a lot, I don't think. It, it, if, if you can, it, unless you really do have a, one of the exemptions, and I'm not talking about those people. And listen, I, I saw a woman today at the grocery store, and she was the only one in the grocery store not wearing a mask. And of course, I kept my distance. But instead of right away thinking negative thoughts towards it, I kind of did a little scan. I'm like, okay, she's an older woman. She was very overweight. I'm thinking maybe she does have some sort of asthma. Maybe she does have something wrong where wearing a mask is not. So, look, I'm not going to judge everyone. And then I look at it this way. I just stay as far away from them as possible at this point. I love that we have to keep six feet apart from everybody. I think it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I, I, tr- I truly do. Like, the further away you are from me, the better. Um, but, again, there are those that – the ones that really bother me are when you see these protests. And these are the ones that are saying, you know, uh, wearing, not wearing a mask is your right and so on and so forth. Embrace it at this point. I've gotten to the point now where I'm embracing it. I'm buying some Toronto Raptors masks for my family. I'm looking at getting an Elvis and a Marilyn Monroe mask. Make it part of who you are. Be, be, let it be part of your wardrobe and really embrace this until we get through it. That's hard. And look, Mike, I, look, I, spin. no. And one of the things I heard when I wrote this piece, and, and I understand what people are saying. They were like, well, who are you to judge me? And I'm not judging you. I'm asking you to judge yourself. But are these not and, the same people judging us for wearing a mask then? Yeah. You know what? Look, if, if you legitimately have an exemption, I'm fine with you not. If you legitimately have a medical condition, okay, that's fine. But if you don't, for, for heaven's sakes, just as a good citizen of the world and of the community, throw on a mask. It's, we're not asking you to wear a chastity belt or to wear a, <laughs> a, 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 you know, a metal plate on your head like in old medieval times when you were in the Tower of London stuck to the wall. You know, it's, a, it's, it's a mask. And when you get to your car, you can take it off and you make people happier and feel better about themselves. And it's not that difficult. But apparently, apparently, we got to go. Apparently, for some, it is too difficult. And I, you know, I just don't get it anyway. And you know what? You don't, I know you got to go. You don't even have to wait till you go to your car. Look, I'm one of the first people. As soon as I'm out of that store and I'm away from people, I'm taking off just so I can get some fresh air. So I don't even wait till the car. Anyways, you got to go to a break. No, no, it's not that difficult to do. And it's It's just a, it's It's just a kindness. It's just, and it's a respect of other people now. But anyway, let let us take that break. If if everyone listened to the rule, how much different our Thanksgiving would be this year, Scott? Maybe, maybe the case. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike, um, one of the other stories from this week, one of the big stories from this week in the city was the news that the province has not interested, not available, not possible to help out with a 2026 Commonwealth Games bid. Um, Apparently caught the organizers off guard. They didn't know that was coming. I had one of them 
on my show this week. All along, what has been your thought about the Commonwealth Games idea in this city? Is it something that you think is a good idea or is it something that is just right now with everything going on, just not something that's a priority? I completely understand what is going on in the state of the city right now um, in regards to everything that we're dealing with. Scott, the Commonwealth Games, uh, I'm, I'm for the games. I believe that shovel-ready projects to get construction workers, to get electricians, to, to keep them going, I think it's important, uh, whether it be here in Hamilton, maybe you have to outsource some of the p- folks and put requests for, for proposals uh, out to Burlington, Oakville, Toronto possibly, but it all helps this great city of ours. And, it, you know, it's it, it's a tough position that the Hamilton City Council is under, and I feel for the bid team, I know uh, a few of them and how much work and effort they have put into this behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, I, I think people were completely blindsided. Now I also know you're going to have your lots of people saying, look, we don't need a fourth-rate set of games coming out right now. We can do affordable housing without, so on and so forth. But I think there's some legacy to all of this, and I think it's important to to look at down the road. I understand we're in positions right now, but, man, oh, man, I think it would be great, and I know there's lots of people backing something like this, Hey, a curveball's been thrown. Which way does the committee go now? What's council thinking? Hey, throw a dart. Who truly knows what's going to happen at this point, right? Do you, do you think though, Mike? And here's one of my concerns for this all along is, and I'm a sports guy, and so you know, generally as a default position, I would say, sure, yeah, this is a good idea. I, I just I don't get any sense from people that I talk to that the Commonwealth Games as a games are something they have any interest in. The the infrastructure you might get, the legacy that might be left behind. Yeah, there's certainly, you know, to get a new Olympic training pool or the housing or those kind of things, sure. But the, the idea of going to watch, I don't know, Bermuda versus Papua New Guinea in lawn bowling just doesn't seem to... to swing too many people's you know boat one way or the other. it's just I, I i don't get the sense there's any excitement about the games themselves which makes it a really 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 hard sell even if you are getting some legacy infrastructure at the end of it and and it's tough to get excited about anything right now based on what we're going through uh, uh going through a global pandemic right now but i also would like to think that look it's no secret our downtown core, our city, we are in a rejuvenation. We were, and we're, we're, we're paused right now. And this is something that can only, only, I believe, help us move forward as a city. And whether it's five, six years, or if we get the 2030 games, if we bid on that one, you know, we're going to be in a much different state and position at that point. And this pandemic is going to have ramifications years down the road. Wouldn't it be great to know that, look, there's going to be opportunities, there's going to be work available, there's going to be kids coming out of college, university, that will be able to be part of something like this and bring a paycheck home and create the stimulus and create economic recovery as well. It, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger picture, I believe. And I understand there's all the other little things you've got to worry about, infrastructure, um, the, the, the homeless, there's so much else going on. But I look at this as an opportunity to go along with LRT. You know, Grey Cups are coming this way, hopefully a few more down the road. I just think it's something that we should really be be embracing at this point. Well, and, and, and again, you said something that I agree with wholeheartedly, and that is I think the people behind this who are working on this committee are good people. And, and so it's difficult at times to not jump on board, if, if only because I think they're trying to do something good, but... Uh, Mike, if if there seems to be this malaise or even negative attitude toward it in the city, how do you then build something that people feel really positive about if you're starting from such a position seemingly of, I don't really want it or I don't see the need for it? I mean, when, sure. when, when people have tried to get the Olympics to a city, there is generally a groundswell to say, hey, we're going to get the Olympics. That's fantastic. The world is going to come here. I don't get that sense at all for the Commonwealth Games. In fact, kind of like the World Cycling Championships a number of years ago when a lot of people said, 
wait a sec, World Cycling Championships are coming. I'm going to Florida that week. I don't need to be around here. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Joined by Mike Fortune this evening, we're talking about the Commonwealth Games idea. The province said they don't have the money because the World Cup of Soccer is going to be in Southern Ontario in 2026. Some of the games can't do two main huge events in the same year. Therefore, Hamilton's idea, or at least the group's idea from Hamilton for a games here in 2026, no go. So 2027 or after, we'll talk. But we're talking, Mike and I are talking about the idea. Is it even something that we want to do? And my point just before the break was much of what I hear is just a general lack of enthusiasm for this. And so how do you build a games when so many people in the community just seem so lethargic towards it? And Mike, I didn't let you answer before the break, but I'm letting you answer now. How do you answer that? Well, you, you had mentioned the, the World Cycling Championships, and I remember that like it was yesterday. And I was I was much younger then, but I was in the heart of it, literally living downtown Hamilton and the excitement and the energy throughout that week and the way the city of Hamilton was showcased through all the various networks and the people coming together and the camaraderie and, 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 and watching businesses thrive during that time was truly spectacular on a number of levels. Listen, we are going through everything imaginable right now in the kitchen sink <laughs> you know i do truly believe that there are some very big names and very big companies behind this and everyone's going to say yeah well they're all in it for themselves to make a few bucks look we're not going to be doing stuff completely for free we need to make livings we need to you know so on and so forth but these are also people that are giving and caring and i do truly believe with the right marketing with the right communications, and maybe maybe you tweak things a little bit, and, and you look at how you can give back a little bit more to the community, you start to build that excitement. Nothing is exciting right now. We have to get through this pandemic. But if we can get through this and have a few things to look forward to, I truly do believe whether it's 2027 or, or 2030, this is something that this group with this marketing and this comms team that they're probably going to put together can start to build the excitement because I've seen what some of these people can do. They touch things and they turn into gold. Let me throw one other issue at you though, that has been driving me a little bit crazy through this thing. And that is that, um, let's say we're going to do 2027. Let's say 2027 is on the table now. And this group is going to come forward to city council and say, we want to bring forward a proposal. It's still only five and a half, six or well, six and a half years away. Not even that anymore. Surely by now, someone should be able to tell council, tell us, the public, how much this is going to cost the public. And we still don't have a price tag. We have a suggestion of roughly what it might cost or what we think it could. Surely by now, we should be able to put something in front of everyone and say, here's what the cost would be. Now you can make an intelligent decision around this. It it has been frustrating to me that though and anytime an answer an answer has been requested by council we always get well we're still working on it there's things to we need to know what it's going to cost before we can make any kind of intelligent decision and i agree a thousand percent with that and i i could be completely wrong but i'm assuming that had we they been a delegate at wednesday's council meeting maybe we would have got a little bit more insight However, that had to be pulled for obvious reasons at this point. So you know, now they have to kind of go back because things, things can change. And we all know that you know, there's, there's overtures, so on and so forth, and what is it going to cost. But listen, this is a group of really, really smart people. And listen, you and I both know that when we are told something is going to cost X, Y, and Z in one year, there's always going to be those overruns that are going to happen. How are we going to be prepared for it? I truly do believe that they have some backers. Um, Nothing has been announced at this point that are willing to throw in significant amount of money that will help this move forward. I I, I don't disagree. Mike, I don't disagree, but I think that if you were to come forward to the city and ask for $50 million, there's a I'm huge not even difference. Asking, don't ask no, no. for anything. I think there's well, private. Investors. Okay. So asking for $0, asking for $50 million, asking for $200 million. Those are, those are very, very different positions. And I think that it's, it's not, it's not reasonable for the city to 
make any kind of announcement that it's in favor or not in favor until we know what this is going to cost because of you touched on it. We have so many other things that have to be paid for right now that I don't think there is a chance on the planet that if it turns out that the ask is going to be in the dozens or hundreds of millions of dollars from the city that you will be able to round up the support for that one. I just don't. But we need, this is what, this, more than anything, I don't think that the, more than anything, Mike, the dollar figure is the, to me, the driving issue for determining whether or not this can get buy-in from people in the city. Of course, the dollar figure is going to be the driving figure. I get that. But there are also creative ways of getting that money to come in. And it doesn't always have to be the handout, so on and so forth. Hence why this is a private group building relationships creating engagement, and empowering those people that are around them to say, hey, let's do this. Let's see what we can do so we don't have to lean on and do what every other bid committee always has to do and says, uh, guess what, we, we need something from you now. And I truly do believe that this is a group that will be a little more creative and think out of the box. Listen, I get counsel, that, that horseshoe, and I think we can all agree at times it's, it's uh, not always on the same page to say it nicely, and they do deserve more information. And I think as we move forward, and now that this curveball has been thrown, the uh, Commonwealth Games Committee is, all right, let's get our ducks back in a row. What do we need to talk about now? How can we push this forward? What can we now present to council and, of course, this great city of ours? You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let me bring back Mike Fortune, host on Cable 14. Your show is called, Mike, I'm, it's a Friday of a long weekend. Tell me the name of the show again. Uh, I co-host with Scott Urquhart. It airs Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday at 5 p.m., my friend. And the microphone was not on when you gave the answer, so say it again. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we back okay. on here? We're on me? now. Okay, you got me. Okay. Uh, co-host the show with Scott Urquhart. And, Which is uh, called? The show airs Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. It's the Hamilton Network at 5 p.m. on Cable the Hamilton 14. Network. Yeah, somehow... All of a sudden, because I, I didn't write it down because I said, no, I know the name of that one. I don't need to write that down and remind myself. And then had the absolute brain block, of course, as soon as I went to say it. And so that's how it works. Okay. Um, yeah, we're good. It's a, fr- it's a long weekend, like you said, man. Hey, I'm on my third glass of wine right now. So, by the way, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving how we're doing these shows. And, and if we ever get to a point where we get to do the shows in studio again, am I allowed to bring, like, can we, can we split a bottle of wine or something? Is that allowed or no? I'll tell you a funny story. So um, the <laughs> other day right now is probably just pulling his hair out. <laughs> well, the other day, uh, my Facebook page started to get bombarded with ads Uh-oh. for, uh, and, and I'm not like, I don't drink a lot. I, I, but I started to get ads for this company that was selling um, butter tart flavored moonshine. It's a company called <laughs> reunion out of Perth, oh, wow. Ontario. And I'm looking at this and the ad just kept popping up and popping up. And I'm like, how do you know, you ever wonder how you get chosen the algorithm? Anyway, I I, I looked at this ad enough and I went butter tart flavored something to sip on. All right. You know what? I'm going to order one. I'm going to do it. It's before Thanksgiving. Who knows if people are going to be coming by? Probably not anymore. But, you know, I thought I'll do this. And while I was at it, I thought there's this other little bottle they had there of just plain moonshine. And I said, I, you know, let's, I've never, I don't think I've ever had moonshine before. Let me just get it. Corn moonshine. It showed up overnight. They delivered it overnight. And let me tell you the, uh, the butter tart flavored stuff, Mike, absolutely delicious. The other stuff, um, there's, uh, there's a reason, I guess, that they drink the stuff in the Appalachians in the mountains while banjos are playing and people are paddling for their life. Um, yeah, you know, whatever. But Ben, who's back at the studio, Ben is, is you know, he knows his way. He, he's a drink mixologist. He knows his stuff. And this is the long way of getting to your point about whether we could do this on the show. We were talking, you know, could we have like drink sampling on the show on Friday nights? Listen, you, you do. I know in the past you've done your Novemberger, which is tasting yes. burgers. Why, yes. why, Slightly why different. I'm not saying shots. Why can't you have a little sip of this, a little sip of that? I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great idea. And you, Ben, and I, when we all get together again, we should raise a glass and have a toast. I, 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 during November, 
attempts, uh, samples. I have been drunk on red meat. I will give you that. There have been times I've been intoxicated on hamburger meat, but um, never, uh, never drinking during the show. But, um, you know, who knows? We even did a, remember a number of years ago when we got the buck of beer thing going in Ontario, we had a bunch of guys come in and sample blind taste for the buck of beer. I didn't even do that. I, you know, you just, I try to remain perfectly absolutely crystal sober on this show, although sometimes you probably can't tell. Oh, I'm um, crystal sober. I'm just enjoying a, a, a nice uh, Cabernet right a, now. That's all. A nice Chianti <laughs> with fava beans. Exactly. That, com- that comes later. Uh, you know, funny story. Before we get to what I really wanted to talk about, yes. I found this very funny. All day today, and anyone who's into hockey or sports probably knows that today was free agency day in the NHL. And so when free agency opens, the two TSN and Sportsnet, the two Canadian sports networks, they lose their minds. They have every single person they can find to come on the air as an expert talking about this or that. It's just an enormous production. And because of COVID and the salary cap being flat and concerns about salary cap and everything else, very, very, very little happened today. So for close to seven hours, all these talking heads were on the air (laughs) desperately filling time, but not really talking about anything. And less than an hour after they go off the, oh, and the thing that they were talking about was the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, needing defensemen. The less than an hour after they finish their show and go off the air, the Toronto Maple Leafs make their big defenseman splash and sign TJ Brody from Calgary, which I just find hilarious that the Leafs waited until after all the coverage was done and then said, oh, now we'll do it. Let's see how you handle this. I, I, I truly appreciate how the concept of these free agent um, shows came about, what, 10, 15 years ago, for yep. argument's sake, yep. give or take. You know what? They, they've lost their luster. Unless you're a, a true hockey fan, they've truly lost their luster. And I think you have to now reinvent yourself a little bit. It's 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 just it's not worth it. Look, I get it. You want to have the the ex hockey players on the the coaches, the the gurus of the game, and so on and so forth. And you want the advertisers, and you want the bu- big bucks coming in. But on something like this, especially during this pandemic, you honestly could have changed it up quite drastically and and done something a little bit different. I'm surprised the networks didn't change it up to be honest with you, because it's 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 it's, it's talking heads. It, it's boring television at that point. Well, it, 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 it's, it's re- reached a point where it's kind of like the pregame show for the Super Bowl where they start at f- four days before and it's 24 hours right through and you've broken everything down. It's like a, a certain point you just run out of stuff to say. Anyway, that, that I found that very funny today. Not not laughing at my colleagues in the other media industry. No, but, no. But I boy, oh boy, not. the fact that the Leafs would wait until after it was all done to make the signing was just... Um, I don't know, Murphy's Law or something. But at the same time, at least, you know, MLSE, they know how to play the game. They get it. Look, here's the announcement. We're going to say it when we get to say it. And then that's fine. I get it. That's cool. It's their choice. It is their choice. Their choice. I want to do do something, Mike, that we almost never do when we're doing the uh, the Friday Uh show. And that is, I'm going to open the phone lines for a couple of minutes. Love it. um, Until the bottom of the hour, until we get to the screen test, at which point the phone lines will be open anyway. But I tell you what I want to ask people about because, um, and, and you know, some somebody who knows more about radio may tell me this is not a good idea because what drives people to phone and to be involved is rage and anger and things that make them crazy. That's not this. I want to ask you, this is Thanksgiving weekend. We have heard now since March all the reasons to be upset, to be bent out of shape, to be frustrated, to be disheveled to be whatever, throw whatever word there. You, for, for Since March, we have been discombobulated and, as I say, frustrated and talking about the things we can't do and the things we want to do, but we're not able to do. For the next few minutes, and I'm going to start with you in just a sec, Mike, so you can start thinking about this one. I want to throw open the lines. And maybe this is naive and maybe this is pie in the sky and maybe this is Pollyanna. What are you thankful for? There's got to be something that even in this, that you're thankful for. And maybe, you know what, Mike, maybe nobody will call because again, this is not a question that involves rage and anger and everything else. But I'm throwing the question out there and we've got the phones open for a little while. On Thanksgiving weekend, during COVID, during a pandemic, what are you thankful for? I, I, 905, I let me give the number and then I'm going to go to you, yeah. Mike. 905-645-3221. 
or on your cell phone, star 9900. doesn't have to be long. What are you thankful for, if anything, while we're going through this? Mike, what I do you say? I hope a lot of people do call in because I think there is a lot that we should be thankful for. And I think the first thing that we should look is internally is, is our health. Do we have our health? And then from there, you start to build out. I get it. We've lost jobs and, and we've lost businesses. But are you, are you sitting in your, whatever your, 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 your location is right now, an apartment, a, a house, a basement, whatever, do you have your health? Because I think that is absolutely key and crucial right now. And be thankful for those people around us that are respecting who we are and wearing the masks and doing the best they can as a society to help us get through this. I think you have to be thankful for those two things right off the hop, my man. I would agree. If you've got your health, uh, and you know, isn't that the old man thing to say? Well, as long as you've got true. your health, uh, but it's but it's true, especially it's, now. If you've got your health, you really don't have right to complain too much. Um, you, and you, and you know what? I, I've heard of nobody in Hamilton yet as a result of COVID starving to death. Uh, maybe they have, but I haven't heard about it. We've got food, which is, I mean, boy, I saw a, a video or a picture or something not that long ago of somewhere overseas, the grocery store where there's not that much, boy, I went to the grocery store the other day to pick something up. There's tons. And even someone said, you know what? We're, we're running short of TP again, toilet paper. There's a run on toilet paper. Everyone's hoarding. There was tons of toilet paper. Maybe you know, not Scott, the shelves weren't perfectly full, but there was tons. I've been spending a lot of time uh, downtown Hamilton lately and coming into work and, and, and heading home along Hunter Street and James Street and Ferguson. I've seen these encampments. I have seen old women getting out of a wheelchair, setting up their place to sleep on the corner of, of Mary Street by La Piazza there. And it's truly heartbreaking. It's it's truly so. When you say people aren't starving, I truly there there are people out there that are starving in this city. So w when you want to complain about yeah we have to wear a mask or our employer is making us do this and that so on and so forth. If you follow the guidelines, do me a favor. Now I know encampments are going to be cleaned up over the next little while, and you might not see as many. But take a drive through downtown Hamilton right now. Go on Ferguson, yeah. Go on Ferguson. It's it's it, it, it's it's absolutely heartbreaking to, to see this some of this stuff if you uh if you are driving if you want to know where to go for the encampment and i don't want to turn these people into a like a zoo nope, exhibit nope, or something i don't mean that nope, but if exactly. you're on barton street where the a and w is there at, at on ferguson then you turn down ferguson the whole street is that you're absolutely right and, and if and look if you are if you can drive down there and not feel like you are blessed, like you are fortunate yeah. with what you have, then somehow I think you're missing the point uh, this weekend or any weekend. So to, so, so to your point, what we talked about earlier, if your biggest beef right now is that you have to wear a mask, I truly ask you to look in the mirror and give your, your, your head a shake, man, because you're being told to wear a mask. There are people out there that can't afford masks and some of the living conditions under a bridge are truly horrific right now. And I hope people are calling in. Why aren't we getting any calls right now? Be thankful for something. And I hope we started the, the conversation a little bit, Scott. 905-645-3221 or star 9900. Again, I understand radio, talk radio, call-in radio generally thrives on anger and on people being ticked off about something. I get that. I understand it. We, we are passionate about stuff. But surely there's something that you are thankful for on Thanksgiving weekend. I, and, I find it hard to... I, I was going to say, I find... I didn't mean to cut you off. I know we we, we got the technology here. I, I find it, you know, call in. Let's talk about the positive stuff. Because there's so much... There are so many good things still going on, Scott. Truly going on right now. And, and, and those need to be talked about as we move forward through this. Uh, it is, uh, you know what, I mean, look, I, I, I was trying to think of this even as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, and it doesn't take a whole lot of creative energy to start thinking about the things you're thankful for, your family, or the fact that you do have food, or that you have a pr presumably a roof over your head, or the fact that you have, as you said, your health. 
you have coworker, coworkers, friends, you, you have pay, whatever. You got a paycheck coming in. You got benefits. Like so many things to be thankful for right now. It's it's truly unbelievable. And I get there's probably people saying, yeah, but you know what? You're not in my shoes. You, you don't have this and that. I'm sure if you dug deep, we all we all have issues, Scott. I get that. We're all dealing with some of the worst times possible. There's one thing you can be you you can be thankful for. Maybe it's the cat curling up on your lap right now as you're listening yeah. to us. Yeah. Well, no, I won't do that because I'm deathly allergic to cats. That would that would but be something I'll, I would not be thankful for. I'll say this though, Mike. Uh, I have done enough traveling around the world to third world countries. I've spent time in the developing world. You know what? Maybe it's just that. Maybe I have, I'm able to appreciate stuff here because I don't complain about all that much stuff. Because when you realize how good our life is here, truly, by seeing when you go somewhere else, we were in Africa, my wife and I, a couple of years ago for our 25th anniversary, we decided to go over there. And, you know, you walk around through some of the places and the people are lovely and wonderful, but some of the stuff that they have to deal with and the challenges and the, you know, you go, wow. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it really is a huge eye-opener. Let me go to Sophie. Sophie has called in. Sophie has something to be thankful for. We're thankful Sophie called. Sophie, how are you tonight? <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Sophie. You might not be thankful after I speak. I don't know. But anyway. Well, hit, hit me with it. What are you thankful for, no, Sophie? I, I, you know what? A couple of years ago, I read an article. Every morning when you get up and every evening before you go to bed, pick five things that you're grateful for. And I do that. And you know what? You realize as soon as you turn on that tap, oh, my goodness, you don't have to worry about the quality of your water. You can drink that water. You can flush your toilet. At least me, I consider myself so very privileged. I have a modest house. I have a garden. I can actually go out and grow some of my stuff that I eat. Um, People in apartments, they don't have that sort of opportunity. Um, not all the time anyways, just, you know what, talk about the cat curling up on your lap. Yes. Cat curling up on my lap. It just, you know what, we are, I'm going to say not we, I, I am so privileged, I think, to live here. Um, our problems, everybody has issues now with COVID and everything. It's, it's isolating. It's, you know, it can get lonely. I live by myself and everything. And, um, But on the positive side, I think what my mom went through, she went through the Second World War, six years of her life, even more, she was DP'd by the, you know, by the the Soviets. And I think if she can get through that, I can get through this. Sophie, I thank you for the call. That's great advice, especially that five things, morning and evening. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Have a great Thanksgiving. Let me go to Mike, who is waiting. Mike, how are you? Sorry, I cut Sophie. Sophie was still going. Sorry about that, Sophie. Uh, Mike, how are you tonight? Doing, doing awesome, guys. How are you guys doing? Excellent, thank you. What are you thankful for these days, if anything? You know, I'm really thankful is when I get home after a long day at work, I have a safe spot to go to where it's pretty much COVID-free so far. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it just it really feels good to get home and have that safe spot, have a roof over your head, maybe have a backyard you can sit down relax. And I do feel for all those people that are don't have that roof over their head or all they have is a tent of some sort. It's mm. just, it's not fair. It really isn't nope. fair. Um, I don't have much, but it doesn't matter. It's a, to have that roof and that feel safe spot is number one next to your health, I think. Mike, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much for that. Appreciate it. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, simple stuff, but, uh, but other Mike, Mike Fortune. I mean, it's simple, but, um, but true. You know, uh, what Sophie and Mike just alluded to is, you know, you don't necessarily have much, but the fact that you can come to a place where you feel safe, the fact that you can go onto a backyard, and, and Sophie mentioned something, and so did Mike, you know, I, I can go into my backyard, I can sit on, I can go walk out on my front porch and have a couple sips of wine, watch the stars, and watch my neighbors, you know, and, you know, I'm... Don't tell them that they'll take out a restraining order. (laughs) I think something like this, Scott, you know, maybe more shows like this need to be done. I'm not telling you how to produce or direct your show by any means, but man, oh man, wouldn't it be great to have a half hour or or 45 minutes or an hour of of just people talking about positivity because there's so much negativity going on right now. And and Sophie's point, fresh water, uh, food, food in the fridge or in the counter, 
man, oh, man, some some great things. And, and to what Mike just said, you can come home to a safe space where you know there's no COVID. You know, it's it's... it's I'm getting a little choked up here, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, let's. Well, we got time for one more. Let's go to Sharon, who has been waiting patiently. Sharon, how are you tonight? Hi, I'm great. Uh, Excellent. Um, a roof over my head, of course. My main thing I'm really thankful this Thanksgiving is my husband is alive because he had a heart attack at the end of February. Wow. Wow. See, I mean, that's a, like, that's a huge one. The, some of the other ones, which are not unimportant things. I mean, when, when, you know, we talk about having clean water, it's, it seems obvious, right? But yeah. I mean, that, it, it, but we take it for granted, but yeah, I mean, a husband who's had a heart attack and is still here, that's a, uh, that's a pretty obvious one and a pretty huge one. Well, Absolutely. Yeah, especially when he said, honey, I thought I wasn't going to make it, you know, so it's, it's really huge. Um, and I, the people wear masks get a life. I work retail. I wear a mask eight hours a day. You know what? A lot of people are in and out. They don't have to wear it very long. You know what? We we don't want to be like they were in 1812, the Spanish flu. There you go. Jail people for not wearing masks. Come on. Everybody get on board. Let's do it. And let's get this thing knit to the butt as fast as we can. Sharon, Sharon, thank you so much for the call. How long have you and your husband been married for? 45 years. Oh, that's phenomenal. Congratulations. And uh, glad to hear he's doing well. Yeah, that's that's good that we're going to be shooting for 46. That's great. Sharon, thank you for the call. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. And you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving too. That's, uh, thank you, Sharon. So yeah, there you go. I mean, Michael, you're right. We should do this more. It's funny that it's only, uh, that we do this on Thanksgiving and like Christmas time. And with Christmas time, it's, uh, it's different because when we're thankful, it's for a gift we just got. Although, I guess Sharon having her husband as a gift, but yeah, it's uh, it's something to think about. I liked uh, Sophie's idea of think of the five things before you wake up, or when you wake up, and when you go to bed. It's um, you know, it's, it's healthy. It, 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 it's really important. And uh, there, there's a few books that I read, and I I won't mention them now because I, I don't have the titles in front of me. I don't even know if I'm allowed. But there are some books that I read that really help me with the positivity and things that are going on and. Uh, you know, to hear that Sophie's with her husband for another Thanksgiving, I, I, I think that is just, uh, uh, no, Sharon, my apologies. It's, it's yep. really phenomenal. And if, yep. if I may, before we go, I know we got yes. to run here. My parents, Scott, and I think you've met my father, maybe my mother. Absolutely. Yet Yesterday, October the 8th, they celebrated their 49th wedding anniversary. So a happy anniversary. Uh, belated, oh, I said it to them obviously yesterday morning, but to them, happy anniversary. Uh, absolutely. That's uh, 49 years, man. That's a, uh, that is yep. a, uh, that is a lot for sure. That is, uh, and well, I'm th- yeah, but... I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that, to be honest with you. You know, there's so many people that are dealing with single families and, 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 and blended families. So, and that's all great too, but I'm, I'm thankful that my parents, they've found a way to do it, man. Well, happy anniversary, Brian and Barbara, Barbara. I knew Brian. I've met Brian a few times, but didn't know Barbara. Happy anniversary. Uh, Mike Fortune, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Have yourself a great Thanksgiving weekend. To you and your family, Scott, all the best. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Always a pleasure being on here, pal. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.